Let me pray one more time. Heavenly Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We thank you for today, our daily bread. And please, Father, forgive us our sins as we may forgive the sins of others. Please do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. In Jesus' name, amen. So he was looking around, and he so desperately wanted one as well. Everyone had one, and he felt like he was missing out. He felt like he needed one, everyone else had one, until his dad finally and graciously handed him one. And while he, handed, while he got handed one, he, can notice, he noticed his dad's eyes. Had, they had tears in them, and they were, they were welling up, and they were, they were going to explode with joy. And while he was getting handed the thing that he needed, his dad was peering out through every single little crevice in the crowd, trying to get a peek, trying to get a glimpse that this was the moment. This was the person he heard his dad talking about his whole life, his whole life. And when they started the chants, started to hear the chants get louder and louder, the kid and his dad and their heartbeats got bigger and he was excited but he didn't quite understand. You could, he was barely tall enough to see and his dad was peering through and he finally got handed a palm branch. And he quite, Ziggy, you can just cut it off. Thanks, bro. And his dad said, because he didn't have a lot of instructions, his dad just quickly said, when I say go, lay it down. When I say go, lay it down. He's coming. And the words of Hosanna and blessed and all these chants got louder and louder. His dad quickly grabbed his hand to keep him safe. But all the while, keeping his son safe, they both gripped their palm branches a little tighter. And his father yelled, go. And as a family, they laid their branches down for their saving Messiah. They stepped back and watched him pass by and catch in on with the chant. Yelling from their souls, the kid quickly looked up as his father with excitement, yelling, blessed is the king of Israel. And that story, you know, I, I kind of put us into a father and son's eyes of seeing Jesus the Messiah coming down and walking this path into Jerusalem, which resembles Palm Sunday. And I can only imagine, you know, if, if you've been listening to me teach for a while, you, you know, I have just such an imagination and a theater of the mind, as you will, and to label these circumstances, just like, what would it be like for me to be there and watching? What would it be like for a family or, you know, you know, a father and a son being there? But for me, when I hear this story of uh, Palm Sunday and how Jesus came in on a donkey, I don't know if I'm alone in this, but I, my whole life flashes before my eyes. Every Easter when we read these stories, I'm blessed enough to be uh, in pastoral ministry for like five, six years now. And, you know, we're kind of like forced to read these stories over and over again every Easter. But I'm sure some of you guys read the Easter story over and over and over again throughout your walk. But my whole life flashes before my eyes because it was this week. I'll be talking about it a little bit later, but it was this week that shifted all of history, shifted everything that we've ever known, think of, imagined in life, why our souls are the way they are, why our minds are the way they are, why God created us the way we are. Everything happened 
because of this week and resemblance of Genesis and creation. But right now, you and I live in 2023. This event happened 2,000 years ago. So this, for this event to happen today, I think it's a complete, if I'm being honest about how society looks at this story and how society looks at our Christianity and the way we follow Jesus, it's a complete joke. It's a complete joke. It, it's, it's like someone you know, getting paraded down Carl's, or the PCH right here in like a tricycle and everyone yelling, you know, blessed is the king of Israel or blessed is the president of the United States on a little tricycle. All of us would just drive by like, what's happening? Like, oh, it's such a joke, right? So when we live in this upside down world and this shift in this perspective that we live in, as this is the king coming in humility, I just recently um, watched this little video on how this miracle is not really talked about in this story. And it's kind of a, you know, a little nuanced story, but the miracle of that no one rode this donkey before. And if you know anything about like training horses or anything or having prepared an, an animal like that, I'm, I'm guessing that donkeys and horses are kind of similar um, in training where you don't just hop on a horse or hop on a donkey, you kind of put a blanket or you put weight over weight over weight and kind of get this animal used to it. But this donkey was never ridden before and he just, Jesus just hopped on and that little miracle was kind of cool. I mean, I'm like, oh, should I share that or not? Whatever, I shared it, amen. But I just want us to read this story. This is gonna be kind of a quicker little sermon, but I just want us to take this glimpse and dive in and read this story again on Palm Sunday. Uh, and so we're going to be in John chapter 12. John chapter 12. John chapter 12. John chapter 12. And this story is, you know, it's really cool when you come across stories in your Bible that are in every single gospel. Every single gospel. Every single one. Every single one. John 12, cha or chapter 12, verse 12. We there, everyone? Amen. Now, before I read these stories, I love, you know, it's, it's conjecture. It is, you know, not necessarily right, but it's not necessarily wrong either, okay? We have to sometimes just read the stories as it is, but sometimes it's okay to put yourself there, okay? Imagine yourself there watching and are you, wherever your heart posture is, are you going to be the one who's screaming for Jesus to come and you're waiting for the Messiah? Or are you just watching, seeing what's happening? Try to put yourself in the story a little bit as you're watching this unfold. So chapter 12, verse 12, it says this. The next day, the great crowd that had come from the festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and went out to meet him shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, as it is written, do not be afraid, daughter Zion. See, your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. That verse 15, right then and there, is just a prophecy from Zechariah chapter 9. Verse 16, at first, his disciples did not understand all this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things had been written about him. 
that these things had been done to him. Pause. These disciples were just so well-versed, most of them were well-versed in Scripture and the Torah and in synagogue and all these things and all these prophetic teachings that they knew that this was that Jesus was written about and all these things had to unfold. Because if you didn't know, um, I think it's in Mark's gospel, I'm pretty sure it's Mark, where Jesus asked two disciples, hey, go into town and you're going to find this donkey tied up and you are going to steal it. I'm just kidding, I don't know what he said. But, um, but you're going to take this donkey and if the owner asks, where's this donkey's, where, where's, where are you taking my donkey? Um, that was another story I was going to like portray, but... Like, you, imagine you being the donkey owner, like, and all of a sudden someone takes it, two people take it, and they're like, it's for the Lord. And then they take the donkey, and I'm like, ah, I don't know if I would trust them, but. Um, and it was a beautiful thing where, like, I don't know. I th- I, I'm trying to resemble what it would be like today. It'd be like me asking Nick and Zeke to go steal or go take a car. Go take a car and bring it back to me, you know? But I'm not Jesus. Which one? <laughs> Thank you. The faithfulness. Faithfulness. Okay, continuing on. Let me read verse 17. Now the crowd that was with him when he called Lazarus from the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to spread the word. Many people, because they had heard that he had performed this sign, went out to meet him. So the Pharisees said to one, one another, See, this is getting us nowhere. Look how the whole world has gone after him. Amen. There's so many cool little things of, um, of Palm Sunday and what we can take from it. And the reason why, it is the beginning of a glorious, glorious week because Easter is sat- a Sunday, Good Friday is this Friday, Silent Saturday, what I call it, or Sad Saturday. Anyone have a other cool name for Saturday that you've heard? No? Silent Saturday. I preached an Easter message on Saturday that one time. What was that? Silent Saturday? I think I called it Holy Saturday. Oh, it's Holy Saturday. Everything's holy, but like, you know, like silent. You're, you're right. <laughs> you're right. Silent? Maybe Silent Saturday. I like Silent Saturday because everyone, all the disciples are scattered and they're scared because they just saw uh, Jesus being crucified. So, And I just want to give us a little... Um, cool little ways we can kind of decipher this text into our own lives and just what Jesus resembled for this. Now, number one, I think it's our first slide up here. I think, yes. Humility, what we kind of find on Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday reminds us of Jesus' humility as he entered Jerusalem riding on a donkey rather than a magnificent horse or chariot. And as Christians, we are called to practice humility in our own lives, seeking to serve others, rather than seeking power or status. So hard to do, so hard to do. Humility. I'm going to kind of breeze through these just because I want to get us to our time. Um, Number two is trust in God. Jesus knew that his entry into Jerusalem would ultimately lead to his death, but he trusted God's plan for him. As Christians, we are called to trust in God's plan for our own lives, even when facing difficult circumstances. I think that that just blows my mind because when you imagine before Jesus was arrested in the garden and being crucified, you're, you're saying that Jesus was fully God and fully man at the same time, but oh, praise the Lord for Jesus' humanity in that moment 
because he was wondering if God's plan was like good enough, that his father's plan was good enough for him at that moment. Like, please let this cup pass for me. And we never really talk about how Jesus trusted his father's plan as well as a fully human. Like, how could Jesus not trust in God's plan? He's God. I don't understand how, how this is confusing to me. It's one of the greatest miracles where Jesus was fully man and full of doubt, also being fully God and divine and dying for our sins as a perfect sacrifice. I think it's amazing. Um, number three, the importance of community. The importance of community. On Palm Sunday, Jesus was welcomed into Jerusalem by a crowd of people waving palm branches and shouting Hosanna. This reminds us of the importance of community in our own faith journeys. We need to support and encourage and encouragement of other believers as we seek to follow Jesus. I don't care who you are. Jesus being riddled with anxiety about the future that's about to happen to him this week. It must have been pretty nice when everyone was like laying palm branches down and celebrating and yelling his name. And like, he's like, yeah, I got my people. I got my people. And it was kind of, kind of nice. Uh, the, the community, the community aspect. Number four about Palm Sunday, the cost of discipleship. Jesus's entry into Jerusalem was the beginning of a week that would end with his crucifixion. This reminds us that following Jesus can come at a cost and that we may face challenges and even persecution as we seek to live according to his teachings. I don't know if, if you have a pulse, if you're not humbled and if you're a Christian and you follow Jesus and you're not like taking these stories into account of, um, of your own life where it's just like, hey, this is the week of remembrance. This is the week of realignment. And I know how much we all struggle with our day to day and this world is telling us all over and over and over again that this is the way you should go. This, this, try this, do this. While the ways of Jesus' teachings are so, such in the minority as Christians, We're, we are in such the minority. If you need a reminder that there's like, I don't know, 85% of, of San Diego is unchurched still, that is minority, even just in San Diego. So it comes at a cost, and I know we're just riddled with the world and Jesus at the same time, but may this week we come together in community that we're just like, hey, this is, this is the time to get reestablished into Jesus' teaching, even if we get persecuted and we feel like them. Anyone else feel alone as a Christian sometimes in the world? Like, oh, my goodness. Number five, the power of hope. Despite the challenges and suffering that Jesus knew he would face, he continued to hold on to hope for the future. And as Christians, we are called to cultivate a sense of hope in our own lives, trusting that God is at work even in the midst of difficult circumstances. circumstances. Trusting that God is at work. And we're going to go into just our little 10-minute time of like silence and solitude. I'm going to talk about that too, but... If there's one that sticks out to me the most as a resemblance of like what sticks out to me this or I want God to move in my heart and my mind this week, it's the word hope. You know, sometimes like I've been pretty much riding the line of hope and hopelessness as close as you can get. Like I just wake up some days, I'm like, there's, there's no reason. 
There's no hope. There's, what's the point, right? And it's a, been a very, very difficult season of my life. And I just love the reminder of the hope of this holy week. Like, sometimes I wish Easter was like every other day. Or I'm like, I need to, this hope of resurrection or hope of this, this, this man I call friend in my prayer life, in my life, and he goes wherever he goes, where I go. He died for me. He really died for me. I'm not going to talk about Easter because I got a message for you next week. Whatever. Amen. But the power of hope. Now, if it's your first time here, uh, we're going to quickly go into this time of silence and solitude individualistically just taking 10 minutes because I know most of you guys it's really hard for to do this throughout this week but if you've been coming or throughout your weeks I know it's really hard to just sit for 10 minutes and just be with Jesus and so you learn at church so you can instill it into your life throughout the week and I know most of you guys are like man I've passed 10 minutes I'm in like 10 hours 10 hours with Jesus because I'm super spiritual um, but 10 minutes, and I'm going to pop this question up for you guys. Um, I just went over this whole list. Humility, trust in God, the importance of community, the cost of discipleship, the power of hope. And I was thinking about this I was, when I wrote this um, sermon on these, on these five points this, uh, this last week. I was walking, you know, I go on walks every Sunday morning to try to just clear my head and try to get my notes, you know, figured out. And... and there, I don't think there is a person in this room that can't relate to one of these points. Do you lack in humility? Do you lack trusting God? Importance of community? Are you showing up? Are you showing up? Hebrews talks about it all the time. The Bible talks about it all the time. Fellowship, community. Do not give up meeting with one another. As some of you guys have. have. The cost of discipleship. How's your discipleship going? And are you like me throughout this season walking in hopelessness? And it's our 10 minutes now to pray about that and try to pinpoint what area of life you're in and then talk to God about it, either in the notes on your phone or writing it out and uh, just sitting with Jesus for 10 minutes, pinpointing, asking Jesus to search you and to know you. In Jesus' name, 10 minutes starts now.
Amen. Amen. When I'm, when I'm reading these stories and I'm hearing these stories, I can, just, I can just sense Jesus. You know, of course we know Jesus prayed for his disciples. And he also prayed for us. The good shepherd, the one who will watch over our lives, calls us friends, the good vine, the one raises from the dead, the one that goes with you, hears your cries of how long or why. I think every step towards Jerusalem on the donkey, making his way onward to his death and resurrection and ascension, I hear him saying, I did this for you. You know, I did this for the world. I did it for the people that really, really believe in me. And what a reminder of the start of this week as he just makes his approach. And it's the start of the week. Remembering that some of us, some of us would be physically dead without this week happening 2,000 years ago. 2,000 years ago, we would all be dead spiritually if this week didn't happen. So may we go throughout this week. May we go out this week. The challenge is to take this week seriously and with a soft heart. You don't have to be all bold and like, you know, demanding or like, but you can be serious about the sacrifice of this week. Because we, we would all be without hope. We would all be without direction. We would, all, we would all be without a friend that goes with us no matter where we go. To the highest of heavens, there you are. To, to where I make my bed in the depths, there you are. Without the friend, and his name is Jesus. We have a friend, and his name is Jesus. The biggest week of all of history. Show up in your prayer time. Show up to church. Show up for each other. Because this week, I, I don't know, I just, I got to, you know, in my quiet time just now, I'm like, you know what, this week, you know, like, I have to say for my personal life that I think I would literally be dead if this week didn't happen. If I didn't really come to grips seven years ago about this, this man, Jesus, died for me and rose again, but it was his first steps, it was all of his ministry before hopping on a donkey for me. You guys, he hopped on a donkey for you. And that is literally why I wore my boots today. Amen. Because I, I really, truly believe Jesus. He's like, it's rodeo time. Put my boots on. I'm getting on a donkey. And we're kicking some dust up. So as we throw, I'm going to invite the guys back up. You know, Satan, I'm telling you. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, I'm like away with all this. I got a loud voice and uh, Nick can sing as well. So as we go, may you put yourself in that story on looking. The scripture is alive and active today. God breathed. It's right. It's beautiful. And this story to be read and to be taken into account 
And the way the cool, the cool thing the Holy Spirit does is we read these stories, and Jesus did that for us, so we might as well think that, like, oh, what if I was there? What if I was there? How would I would act? Because we have so much faith. You and I have so much faith believing in this Messiah that rode in on a donkey and started this holy week. Let me pray. Pray. I feel the Holy Spirit. I want to um, remind you guys of a beautiful psalm. And I just want to, I want to, Put a blessing over your guys' life. You know, Psalm 121, my favorite psalms. It says, I lift my to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. My friend, I added that. The maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. And the Lord will keep you. He watches over your life. He watches over your coming, both now and forevermore. Amen.